I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another football roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and Adam Cleary from What Culture Football here to discuss another burning football issue but before we get into it if you're a fan of this sort of thing make sure you subscribe to what culture football on either itunes spotify wherever you get your podcast from for daily football podcasts as i said though joined by adam cleary to talk about the collapse of the newcastle united takeover uh, adam cleary your reaction to the news yesterday uh complete and utter lack of surprise like this has been rumbling on for 17 weeks now and i think as with any transfer story you get in football, any sort of major change of any kind of ownership, you sort of see once it gets past the point of it just happening when it should happen, you know straight away that something's amiss. And both sides on this deal, the Premier League, uh, the Saudis, basically everybody but Newcastle United has been briefing journalists constantly about this is happening and that's happening. When The longer it went on, the more it was like, this was going to happen, this probably would have just happened by now. And I still think the announcement yesterday caught everybody by surprise just because you would expect some level of brinksmanship in all of this. Like, oh, well, the Saudis are preparing to pull out unless it's resolved. And there was none of that. It was just, oh, by the way, it's uh, it's off now. But I don't think anybody can really be too shocked with any of this, as disappointing as it might be. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to say. I say this as a Chesterfield fan who feels exactly the same way, that Newcastle United fans are a pessimistic bunch when it comes to this sort of thing. They have had their fingers burnt and their heart broken on numerous occasions when it comes to Mike Ashley finally relinquishing power over their football club. So for those unaware, just, just talk us through what happened. Because like you say, the fact that this has been... It seemed to, to motor on through all the obvious steps and then be held up by this fit and proper person's test. Uh, and the longer it dragged on, the more, uh, chatting to the likes of you and, and other Newcastle United fans that I know, the more it was like, this isn't a good sign. This isn't just them doing the necessary paperwork. Well, the short version of this is that Amanda Stavely has, for the third time now, tried to buy a Premier League football club. She got in the business with the Rubin brothers, who were some businessmen who were from the northeast who have ties to the city, uh, and the PIF, which is the Saudi Investment Fund. Basically, anybody familiar with WWE knows that they have these many global investment opportunities in which they, they use to try and reframe Saudi Arabia in a better light on the world stage. And Newcastle United looked like being the next acquisition in all of that, which we'll get to in a little bit. Do not worry. Now, obviously, Mike Ashley has been trying to sell this football club, allegedly, since he first got it relegated in 2009, <laughs> I think it was. So this is not new that it was up for sale, but apparently there's, all, there's been all this talk over the last 13 years, bids being accepted here, people not having the money. It's been all over the place, but this looked genuinely like it might be 
the real deal because there was no doubt whatsoever that Stavely had the business now, so the Rubin brothers and the Saudis had the financial clout to make it happen. And if it was all disinterest was genuine, it just looked like being literally a matter of handing over the keys. But when it got to the fit and proper person stage, which is where the Premier League gets involved with all of it, that's when the skid started to get put on it. And for the last, again, 17 weeks, both sides on the deal and indeed some outside sources with interests in it have been constantly briefing journalists about this is being said about that's being said this is a problem that's a hurdle etc etc and it's been met with claim and counterclaim by both sides it's been incredibly toxic and just so drawn out and unnecessary it now leaves a premier league club on the verge of starting a new season already being one of the worst clubs in the league with no real plan or anything in place. And it's just, as ever, it's going to be the fans of Newcastle United that suffer as a result of all of this. Like, the Premier League are going to come out with this, you know, with their heads, oh, well, it probably wasn't the best people to be buying a football club. So, you know, we've done that, despite the fact they never actually stopped the deal. And then the Saudis and the the buying group, they can walk away saying, well, the Premier League was too, you know, we genuinely wanted to buy this club. You know, we had a heart with all the, all the intentions of doing this, but it's been proven impossible. And then Ashley's going to be able to hold his hands up and say, well, you know, we're dead serious about selling it. So it's not our fault either. And again, yet again, it's going to subject Newcastle United fans to more uncertainty to another 12 months of absolute dreck, I have to say, and more than likely going to get relegated as a result. It's a heartbreaking year to talk about this because I remember you as a you know season ticket holder a couple of seasons ago, uh, and then the process you went through of just going I can't justify to myself handing over more money to this man who I think you said in our uh, group chat about it something about the deposit that he'll be pocketing that will inevitably go back into the football. Uh, Seventeen million pound non non refundable deposit. Uh, that was paid as a result of all of this, which is obviously just a you know a bit, a bit of good faith money, but it is non-refundable. Mike Ashley will now pocket that, and I'm sure invest that straight away <laughs> into the strength of Fannels or Sports Direct or uh, Officers Club or whatever other tacky emporium he owns <laughs> at the moment. Um, the th- it's such a hard one, this, because simultaneously, I am very relieved that Newcastle United aren't about to get into bed with a state who have very well-publicised human rights abuses, and there's now no possibility whatsoever that Newcastle's going to be used as a as a friendly Premier League face to kind of mask a lot of genuine, serious political and social problems in that country. But at the same time, there's just there's, there's no positive outcome in all of this. Mm. Like, it would have been, you know, Mike Ashley's role as, you know, his, his reputation as both a businessman and a human being are pretty suspect, as it is. Like, sports directors notorious for exploiting you know its workforce both in terms of their time and their health and whatnot you know this was famously the company that decided to remain open when every other business was told to close down because well we can sell sports equipment so people can run in parks absolutely giving no consideration whatsoever to the literal lives of as many employees um but then again you know like you could sit here all day and argue whether or not exploiting a a vulnerable and underpaid workforce is, is worse than what's going on in Saudi Arabia. The fact is there are probably are no genuine good owners in football, but if this group with Stavely and the Rubin brothers was planning on investing something in the region of 250 million in the city as well as mm. the football club, then it is a disappointing thing to fall through. Like I, I've kept my head down on this quite a lot because uh, people who watch our wrestling channel will know I've done lots of videos about the Saudi General Sports Authority and PIF and what their relationship with WWE is. I wasn't exactly thrilled about the prospect of them owning my football club. And in truth, I had a lot of friends being like, oh, you'll be getting your season ticket back then if this sale goes through. And I was like, 
I don't know if I will. Like, mm. I'll probably, you know, I'll certainly be still watching the team the way I usually do, and I'm sure it'll be a lot more entertaining. But I'm not sure I'm any happier giving my money to them than I am to Ashley. But if it was if it was going to bring development and investment in a city, which is of course completely underfunded and under resourced from you know our own government, um, then there's just it's just yet more disappointment in a, in a part of the world that's had to become used to it. Yeah, I, I, I was going to get onto this this social media reaction to it all because, like you say, um, I, you know, not just you, but you're the prime example of this, having received literal death threats for reporting <laughs> on the the Saudi yeah, stuff that, that um, for our wrestling channel. But yeah, it, the mixed emotions of fans who, y- yes, are desperate to see their club progress, but like you say, with with the the money and the the source of this was always going to be a point of contention for them. Um, and But I, I, th- I think you're right as well to mention the stuff about the city being invested in, about the local area that's going to miss out on all this now as a result. Um, and the social media reaction of every other fan, who even Man City fans, which I thought was... I mean, there was the Sunderland post, which you've no doubt seen, with them giving a subtle dig at, at Newcastle, uh, spelling I'm, I'm out the word... I'm very, I'm very pleased to say I have absolutely no idea what that is. They announced, they said, I'll give you a a brief synopsis of it. They tweeted something along the lines of always good to get a deal over the line about signing a player or something. And then did us, I can't remember. Yeah, that's a surprise. Um, (laughs) But it it was also the point they did bullet points about what he was bringing to the club or what he'd done in the past. And the first letter of each bullet point eventually spelled out cans. So there's that, but then there's also yeah the, the Man City fans That's reaction. Quite clever. Was was the N in cans not a convicted sex offender? <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Um, no, but, in yeah. fairness, in fairness, that is quite funny. Bless them. Um, yeah, the the, the 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 reaction from fans uh, who, like you say, this this is not going to be the first game. I mean, it's it's. Questionable the uh, the ownership of, of Newcastle United going to the Saudi Sports Saudi General Sports Authority, but it's not going to be the first dodgiest owners we've had in the Premier well, League. Well, this is this is the thing, right? Anybody who's going to write a story or do a video that tells you they know what happened with the Newcastle takeover is absolutely blagging because everybody has been from the start. It's literally only the Premier League that have any idea what's going on here. And as we say before, they've not really been briefing too many journalists on, you know, things they want out there. But the buying group have certainly been letting a lot out of the press. Uh, BN Sport and pretty much everything associated with um, football in Qatar have been briefing a lot about certain things, which hasn't really helped with the deal. But if you want my honest gut opinion on this, I think literally the Premier League have put themselves in such a position where they absolutely did not want this deal to go through. I think if you look at the current state of Middle Eastern politics, we brought up the Qataris there. There is a lot of problems at the minute between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. And obviously Qatar are major business partners of the Premier League with the broadcasting rights and whatnot. And I think the Premier League saw this as like, well, yes, it'd be good for the club and it might even be good for the league but we get we risk getting dragged right into the middle of a major political problem with this because if we've got major broadcasters from one country and another country who outright own not just invest in but outright own mm. another side that could become a problem because if you know Qatar have the broadcast rights in the Saudis we can't have any castle matches on there all of a sudden you've got this this kind of internal conflict that they have never really had to deal with before but the problem they've got is they have no way realistically to stop that deal going through because if if it's all the only or their only involvement in this is in a fit and proper persons test right so if they have to sit there and go well okay we don't want a country to be owned 
uh, by a sovereign state. Everyone turns around and goes, well, what about Manchester City? He goes, oh, okay, so we don't want any club to have investment from Saudi Arabia. Oh, well, what about Sheffield United then? Like, they've put themselves in a position over years where they have no way they can actually stop this deal going through without being, you know, the, the rampant hypocrisy of it being mm. brought to light. So I think what they've done is they've dragged their heels on it as long as they possibly can, just hoping and praying that something else would stop this going through, which, again, you know, I, I got a couple of tweets, like, you must be devastated about all this. I genuinely, I, I'm not at all. Like, there are other, you know, if I'm sitting around waiting for some kind of, like, humanitarian hedge fund billionaire to buy my football club, I'm going to be waiting a very, very <laughs> long time. But I still think there's better options, certainly better owners of a club than the Saudi royal family. There's certainly better owners of a football club than Mike Ashley as well while we're at it. So it's not a case of this or bust. And I do believe that it will get sold eventually. It might not be, you know, we're certainly not going to get Mbappe for Christmas as we're being joked about this time, but literally anybody who's just willing to invest in the side beyond the aspirations of finishing 17th in the Premier League, which I doubt we'll even do next season at this rate, is just, it's, it's, it's to be encouraged, it's improved. But I just think the Premier League did not want to get involved with the potential pitfalls that could have come from Newcastle being owned um effectively you know by by Saudi Arabia and they just had nowhere to go with it so they really do need to speak up on this and say you know because Stavely's done these interviews today going we literally did everything they asked we've done everything they asked whatsoever other clubs weren't happy about it but we passed everything they asked and now it's like the Premier League have got to literally say what the problem was with this because what's to stop them going and buying trying to buy another football club Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So when it comes to whose fault this collapse of the takeover is, who do you think fans are going to point the finger at? Oh, fans will point the finger any which way they want. Like, you know... <laughs> The thing is, I'm a Newcastle fan, but as a fan base, we're not really coming out with this with a whole lot of credit, in my opinion. Like, we were literally trying to prove Jamal Khashoggi's grieving widow didn't even exist 
And she was all part of some massive conspiratorial hoax. Like some people think this is Miguel Delaney's fault, of all people. Um, the, the fault lies, if you want to call it fault, purely with the Premier League because they either should have passed this or should have blocked it. And they haven't done either. It's just got held up at their stage and nobody seems to know why. So the, the blame, if you want to call it that, lies squarely at their feet until they actually go and address this. But it's just the whole thing is so toxic already and it's been so toxic from the very start. You've got you've got literal sovereign nation states slinging mud at each other over the takeover of Newcastle United. Like the club getting dragged into, into all these human rights abuses and whatnot. And it's only going to get worse over the next couple of weeks while every single side involved in this tries to wipe their hands of, of any kind of blame. And as I said at the start caught in the middle of this is just going to be hard-working football fans who pump thousands of pounds a year into this club who are then going to go after sit and watch another absolutely dreadful dreadful seat and the thing is i know a lot of football fans have probably heard newcastle fans moaning about the football this season going, well, you, you were getting into the top 10 at one stage you beat tottenham and you beat chelsea and all this I, unless you've sit and watched that this season i cannot state to you how bad that football team, by every measurable metric beyond the league table, goals scored, chances created, they have been the worst in the entire division bar Norwich, I think. I think I think all football fans are kind of guilty of this. I know I am. When I when I chat to, to you about Newcastle or Ewan about uh, Liverpool or Miller about Arsenal, whoever it may be, when I talk to you about watching your football team, all I have to go on is match of the day or more often than not, the minute of highlights I'll see on, on match of the day too. Whereas like you say, if you sit and watch the games, especially, obviously not right now, but especially when you go to games and what, watch them and how they perform over 90 minutes, it's difficult to get a gauge on it. What We are what, six weeks away from the start of next season? What now for Newcastle United? Because, you know, we sort of alluded to the fact of, I mean, they're very comparable and they're not comparable at the same time in terms of Saudi owners and Mike Ashley in terms of just being awful people. Um, what now for you? Because the immediate reaction that I get got from social media and from chatting to, to Newcastle fans was not just disappointment at the takeover not going through, but a sort of dread ahead of next season because of the cloud this will leave over the club. Mike Ashley's been checked out of this football club for a good long while. And with all due respect to Steve Bruce, his appointment was pretty much proof of that. He didn't care what happened. He just wanted somebody in who was going to tow a bit of a party line and, you know, would just about get a job done. And you would like to think that any kind of competent businessman knows fine well that, like, things aren't done until they're done. And the club should have been preparing um, for next season, always under the assumption there was never going to be a takeover. If there was, then great, you know, it's not your problem, but you are the custodians and responsible for the well-being of that institution until you're not. So you would like to think there's a plan in place already and there's players been earmarked and contacts been made, but if you've literally paid attention to anything about Newcastle United over the last 13 years, that's almost certainly not be the case. It's going to be a scrambling around. I mean, bear in mind, this is going to be done in a transfer window where nobody knows what the market is going to be like, whether players are going to be able to move and things like that. So, genuinely, Newcastle should have been relegated this season. Now, they did very well in a couple of games, and I think the fact that a lot of other teams just seem to really be trying their best to not stay in the division helped them out quite a lot. They've had a few very fortuitous results. You know, getting two goals in injury time at Everton is just not something you can rely on. Managing to beat Chelsea after, I think the XG for that game was something like 8-0 or something, <laughs> and you somehow get the three points there. That's not something you can rely on, and... 
I've always said we get the punditry we deserve in this country. Like the actual analysis of football in the UK is so surface level. Whereas like, you know, France, Germany, Spain, they get actual analysts in and writers and people who, you know, actually understand what they're talking about rather than just an old boys club of people going, actually, Jeff, I don't think any of these people know what they're talking about. I've seen 10 minutes in Newcastle. I, they're fine. Give Steve Bruce manager of the year. Like by, as I said before, every available metric you want to look at Newcastle season on, they should have gone down. They were absolutely dreadful. Um, I'm grateful we survived. I think I think Steve Bruce did a good job in the circumstances. And I know a lot of people have pointed at the fact that, you know, Newcastle was supposed to go down this season and Bruce has got them into a comfortable lower mid-table, seemed to forget the fact the only reason they were predicted to go down was because we hired Steve Bruce. <laughs> like, we were odds on... If, you know, when there was... Rafa was still looking like he might stay, there was all this talk about, you know, they were favourite to get around mid-table again. Do that. And as soon as he left and they brought Bruce in, they became favourite to relegation. And then because Bruce kept them up under his own circumstances, he seems to be getting a backpack. Like, they've regressed massively from last year. The table might say it's only regressed a point or something like that, but just watching the team, the defensive solidity, the, the way they attack, like, it's absolutely dreadful to watch. And it's just over a decade now of neglect in this side. Like, like Matty Longstaff looks like he might leave on a free, like an academy graduate who would have been, who would have signed any decent contract you offered him. He looks like he's going to go on a free... Um, if any interest comes in for St. Maximan, he's got to be absolutely bananas to stay. We've spent spent forty million on Joe Linton, who's tried his best, certainly, but two goals and two assists in fifty odd games or something is just uh, just if you're involved in the recruitment at that level, you know I don't know how you can go into work for the summer if that's who you brought in. It's just it's so dis- it's so disappointing. And don't get me wrong, like I said at the start, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been standing outside the ground waving a, waving a bright green Newcastle United flag for our Saudi Arabian owners, but would have at least given me some reason to not be despondent before we even kicked a ball this season. Yeah, I think I think fans may argue that, well, like you say, you've got a £40 million striker, you've got a decent squad that have kept you up this season, but people are going to be sniffing around, like you say, if the, the rumours about Jimenez going to Man United are true, then Wolves will be wanting to spend, and it strikes me Sam Maxman would be a, a, an ideal fit for a team like that. And um, The problem is as well, Premier League fans, well, any, any, any football fans will know this, if you don't invest in your club over the summer, you mm-hmm. go backwards. Um, and it, you've always said to me, when we've spoken about summer transfers, Ashley will only invest or only spend money that he knows he's going to get back. I.e., I remember early on, whenever the bloody, whichever takeover it was, you were saying, you know, if he spends 30 million in the summer, he's going to add 30 million to whatever he thinks Newcastle United is worth. So is that going to be another stumbling block again this summer? Uh, genuinely, like I said, start, anybody who starts trying to predict anything that's going to happen here is absolutely blagging you. I have no idea what they're going to try and do. There is talk about other buyers being interested, how genuine they are. We don't know. There's even talk today that while, you know, uh, PIF have said we've pulled out of the deal, they are actually yet to officially pull out of the deal. So God knows what's actually going to happen with all of this. Um, But again, it doesn't really matter because caught in the middle of it, again, is going to be, you know, some of the loyalist football supporters in the entire country. And it's just, I know every football club thinks, oh, this could only happen to us and we deserve better than what we get. And to be fair, it's, it's it's all true to an extent, but just... It's an entire generation now of Newcastle fans who've never seen their team aspire to do anything other than just about stopping the Premier League. And I don't even think they're going to manage that next year. 
Is there any light at the end of the tunnel? You alluded to it before. This is certainly not the first time a takeover has been discussed around Newcastle. Um, and Stavely, as you've said, has, has tried this on multiple occasions and has been linked with doing it on even more. Um, is there any chance of another takeover or things changing in the near future? I genuinely think the nearest light at the end of the tunnel is the fact that Mike Ashley's 55. So <laughs> if, I, if I eat well enough and stay exercising, I'll probably outlive him at the very least. So that's maybe about as far as I'm going to stretch at the minute. Look, the way these things work, the way football is, would it surprise you if in two weeks' time Newcastle have just been sold to somebody who popped up at the last minute? Vincent Mann's apparently looking to spend a bit of money. For, so I just, I don't know. I don't know at this point. And it's all been gone over so many times over the last 17 weeks. You know, this needs to be done. That needs to be done. This is what happens when you're selling football club. That's what happens when you're selling the football club. It's just... It's just going to get more embittered and more he said, she said, and genuinely anybody who's got the mental capacity to to keep up with it and follow every every detail and believe all the bits of hope and not try and get too despondent at the negative stuff. God bless you. Fair, like fair play to you. I just I just don't know how people have the energy anymore. Well, we here at What Culture Football will be there every step of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know your thoughts on all this uh, in the comment section below. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe uh, and subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily football podcasts. Uh, Cleary, I'm sure you're going to have more of a say on this on Twitter. Where can people find you? At Adam Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y. But I'll not, I'll not get your hopes up. I will be saying next to nothing about the takeover on Twitter because who has the time? <laughs> The only takeover I will be talking about on Twitter is Chesterfield's possible takeover, which may well happen this weekend. Not quite on the same scale as Newcastle's, but still... If you get, if you get taken over this weekend, I will violate every single social distancing bit of legislation to punch your teeth through. <laughs> Expect a, uh, a WhatsApp on Saturday afternoon with the word cans if it does happen. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn follows all at What Culture FC, as I said. Um, my thanks to Adam Cleary. Fascinating to hear you talk about this. Uh, let us know what you, what you thought in the comment section below, as I said. But for now, we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.